We shouldn't compare ourselves to anybody. If we're going to compare ourselves to somebody, compare yourself to Jesus. That puts us all in the same category. That none of us can live up to that. And none of us will ever live up to that in this life. And so they make the mistake of comparing themselves. One of the primary reasons for doubting salvation is satanic attacks. I've noticed this happens to people sometimes, especially if they're going through a period of physical illness. Satan knows how to get you to feeling and mixing your bodily feelings and your spiritual feelings and your mind and your heart and your spirit and your body all together, and you cannot separate them. Somebody says, well, doesn't the Bible say we are composed of body, soul, and spirit? Right. Well, how do you separate those three? Well, you cannot, really. Oftentimes, when Satan, when he sees one of God's children down physically, going through maybe some real turmoil in their physical body and really feeling pain and hurt and feeling a sense of helplessness, he will, he will just absolutely launch a vicious attack upon that person. So what do they begin to think? Well, God, if you love me, why, why am I in this? Or why am I suffering the way I, I am? And then so what happens? Eventually, it boils down to their salvation. Well, I wonder if I've ever been saved. And I've, I've heard people say this, whom I knew had trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, but Satan will take advantage of physical sickness when a person gets down physically to cause them to doubt their salvation. Another reason is trials and tragedies in a person's life. Now, our faith has to be built on the Word of God, not on incidences, not on circumstances, not on trials and tragedies in life, because all of us are going to have them. And so if our redemption, if our salvation, our forgiveness is based on anything but the truth of God's Word and the atoning death of Jesus, we're going to have doubts. And what happens is something triggered that awesome sense of doubt and unbelief. God, if you were God, you would not have taken my son. You would not have allowed this to happen. Then I save this one to last for a very simple reason. Sometimes people say, well, yes, I've been saved. I'm sure I'm saved. And then the more you talk, the more you realize that they're not quite so sure. And then you begin to ponder some questions with them. And here's what I've discovered. A person who made a decision back yonder somewhere and has refused to be baptized is going to doubt their salvation. You can mark it down. You cannot be at peace with God when you deliberately, willfully rebel against a very definite command of God. And he says we are to be baptized. That is our public confession of what has happened to us privately. And so when a person says, uh, well, I I'm not sure about my salvation, I always ask them, did you make a decision? Yes. Were you baptized? Well, no, I wasn't. Well, well why weren't you? Well, I just didn't think it was necessary. You, you mean, well, they don't have any real reason. When God makes it so clear, I'm telling you, if you have refused to be baptized, you have refused to be obedient to God in a very specific area that is very important to Him, if it were not important to Jesus Christ, He would not have placed that part in the Great Commission. Listen. He said, this is where I want you to spend the rest and invest the rest of your life to those disciples. He said, as you go make disciples of all nations, doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptizing them. Why? That public confession of that private relationship to Christ is extremely important in the eyes of God, or he would never have placed that in the Great Commission. Why did he include baptism? Because in the mind of Almighty God and His redemptive plan, baptism is not essential to salvation, but it is essential as an obedient follower of Jesus Christ. Show me a person who has not been baptized, and I'll show you a person who either doubts their salvation or will doubt it sooner or later. Because you cannot live in willful disobedience in something so important and continue to have real genuine assurance of salvation. 
So these are just some of the reasons that I've discovered with people over the years who doubt their salvation. And they doubt them for all kinds of reasons. So let me ask you a question. Are you absolutely certain? Do you fall in the category of those who are saved and know that you're saved? Or have you begun to think, well, you know, I'm not exactly all that sure about mine. Now listen, if you're not certain for your sake, for God's sake, make certain tonight. It's the one thing you desperately need to be sure about. Relationship to God. Thank you for listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. The Bible makes it clear that if you've confessed Jesus as Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, your eternal destiny is secure. Take comfort in that truth and thank God for his provision. Today's message. Turning Our Doubts into Blessed Assurance continues tomorrow. To listen again, click on Today on Radio at intouch.org. And if you'd like a copy of today's complete message, you can order it from our online bookstore. The title is Turning Our Doubts into Blessed Assurance. Again, you'll find these resources at intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. What happens when you praise God? The list of benefits is quite long. We'll hear about some of them just ahead in today's Moment with Charles Stanley. Have you ever forgotten something God taught you when you were reading the Bible? When we take note of what God reveals to us, it helps us to apply it to our lives. With the Charles F. Stanley Life Principles Journal, you can keep track of your spiritual journey and be transformed by God's truths. This journal features artwork of Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles, lined pages for writing, a prayer journaling section, and more. To order, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org journal. In our spiritual journey, we often have questions. How do I know God's will for my life? Does God hear my prayers? Why do bad things happen? The answers are found in the Word of God, but how do we know where to start? The free In Touch devotional can help point you in the right direction with biblically-based content from Dr. Charles Stanley. You'll gain insight and wisdom through daily devotions, Bible studies, and more. The In Touch devotional, delivered monthly to your mailbox. Subscribe for free at intouch.org daily. You're listening to In Touch. Praising God may not change a thing about our circumstances, but it does correct a believer's perspective. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. If we praise the Lord in all things, our gratitude is guaranteed to have a positive effect. You can praise Him in song, the Bible says. You can praise Him with your lips in prayer. You can praise Him, He says many times, with instruments of praise. And the reason it's so powerful is this. When we begin to praise God, it opens our eyes to who He is, His personhood, to His power, to His position, to His presence in our life. Something happens on the inside of a person's very being when we begin to praise Him. It's an awesome way to be encouraged. Likewise, it reminds us of our dependence upon God. When you and I are praising God, we see Him from the right view and we also see ourselves from the right view. We see our responsibility to Him, 
We see our reliance upon Him, our dependence upon Him in so many ways. And it also protects us from pride and temptation. When you begin to praise God, what happens? Your focus is off of everything else and on Him. And then the expressions out of your heart are all God-focused. And you're praising Him and thanking Him for what He's doing and not what you're doing. It motivates us also for holy living. When you're praising God, you can't be very excited about sinning against God and stepping into temptation. Because you see, when you're praising God and you're focused upon Him, what is He doing during this time? He's opening our eyes to see who He is. We begin to see Him from a whole different perspective. We desire to be obedient to Him. We desire to love Him. We desire to walk in His ways. Why? Because as we focus upon Him in praise, and out of our lips comes the expression of our heart, everything about us begins to change. You can learn more about worshiping God at intouch.org. And if the gospel has changed your life, and if this program has been part of your story, please let us know. Tomorrow on In Touch, doubts about salvation can really get in your way. So we'll continue to find help with clearing up the confusion Friday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look in an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Attempt to instruct a group of 12-year-old kids about the importance of duty, honor, perseverance, and friendship by means of a lecture, and the most likely result would be glazed eyes and tuned out ears. If, instead of a lecture, however, the lesson began with something like, there was once a tiny creature called a hobbit whose name was Frodo. He had hairy feet and a magic ring, and whenever he put that ring on his finger, he'd disappear. But each time he put the ring on, the ring exercised a dark power over him and attracted the attention of the Dark Lord Sauron. Well, that story, the plot of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, is much more likely to capture the attention and the imagination of kids as it has tens of millions before them. And along the way, they'd learn about duty and honor and perseverance and friendship. See, that's the power of great stories. The best of stories are not merely well told. They wrestle with ultimate ideas. The reason that Tolkien remains popular today is that his stories engage with us at the deepest levels of the human condition. The power of storytelling should come as no surprise to Christians. After all, Jesus told lots of stories, and so have other Christians throughout history. In fact, two writers from just the last century who exemplify the importance of stories are Tolkien and also T.S. Eliot. Perhaps you know the closing lines of Eliot's poem, Hollow Men. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Eliot's melancholy poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which is still read by many college students today, captures the despair of modern man facing the broken world without God. In many ways, in fact, Eliot was this modern man, isolated spiritually lost and despairing. But a decade or so after he wrote that poem, Eliot's life and art was transformed when he converted to Christ. And he went on to write magnificent religious poetry, such as Ash Wednesday and the Four Quartets. For a time, his work even crossed over into pop culture. For example, his book of whimsical verse, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, became the smash hit Broadway musical, Cats. 
fact, a very simple way for Christians to impact our culture around us is by simply sharing these good stories with others. We might not be a Tolkien or an Elliot ourselves, but we can know and recommend their works. We can tell the real life stories of Christian heroes like William Wilberforce or Dietrich Bonhoeffer, or of the incredible conversions of St. Augustine and Chuck Colson, or of the work of Christian heroes today who continue to love God and neighbor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, all while enduring hardship and persecution. And we should share these stories because, like all good stories do, they ultimately point hearts and imaginations to the greatest story and storyteller of all time. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. And for more resources to help you live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Hey, John Stone Street here. In his new book, Street Smarts, experienced apologist Greg Kokel has created an indispensable playbook for having important and difficult worldview conversations, including with people who may profoundly disagree with you. Through solid evidence and practical examples, Greg shows how the art of asking questions is the best way to engage, even on topics that are intimidating and hard to understand. In Street Smarts, you'll be equipped with tactics you can use to move the conversation forward without fear, to generate light and not just heat. Rather than being on the defensive, Greg teaches you how to learn to use questions to challenge others to examine their own assumptions and their own views, and then to point them to the best explanation for all of reality, the God of the Bible. If you want to engage in tough conversations across worldview lines and do it with truth and love, get a copy of Street Smarts this month. For a gift of any amount to the Colson Center, we'll send it to you as a thank you. Just visit colsoncenter.org slash September. That's colsoncenter.org slash September.